Yes, folks. It's uh, that's our week applause for the day. Uh, this is Fred McMurray, uh, and this must be. I'm Fred McMurray. I'm here with my co-host, Jill Abramson, who's actually having some audio issues that we're going to work on. And we're missing Ray Pillar for some reason. He's gone today, but he'll be back in soon. And in fact, our guest is Elizabeth Denham, the franchise woman. Here we are, folks. We're going to try to make this work. How you doing, Elizabeth? I am good. How are you doing, Fred? I'm going crazy, actually, right now. <laughs> uh, It'll be okay. We'll we'll make it work. God, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> so you can see Jill. Wave hi, Jill. She can hear us. We're still having issues with her, her finding us or hearing uh, us hearing her. Uh, so since we have to continue to move on, uh, how you doing today, Elizabeth? Where are you? I am in Spanish Fort, Alabama, right outside of Mobile. Uh, what's the weather like? Um, let me look. It's nice. It's about 50. <laughs> we were in the 30s yesterday. We've, we have bipolar weather here. So we were 80 um, two days ago and we were 40 yesterday. So. Ah, yes. <laughs> I understand that one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's here. It's been, I mean, yesterday it was in the forties. Today it's in the seventies life on the central coast. It's always beautiful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, just a second folks. So how did you start um, the franchise woman? What made you decide to start the franchise women woman oh, okay um I will, i'll tell you a little bit about the background i i'm a writer i have been a writer my whole entire life um i've written a couple of books i've had a blog on the huffington post i um have had several blogs over the years and over the summer my husband bought a franchise so Yay. we started doing due diligence for him and uh through that process started looking at opportunities that i could i could use some writing skills in and and decided there was nothing in the publication world for women in franchising. So I uh, did a little due diligence myself. Um, everybody was pretty enthusiastic about it and offering to help and contribute and participate. So that was sometime probably late summer. And um, on November 1st, we launched our first issue of the Franchise Women. So it's been a little bit of an evolution, but it, it fits into the skill set. I've been a storyteller, so talking to amazing women has been something that I've always loved to do. I've written a lot on the Huffington Post about women and, and voice and finding your voice and that kind of thing. So I am, um, you know, it fit into my wheelhouse really well. And then with my husband buying the franchising and becoming involved in that world, it was, it was a natural fit for me to, to participate. Okay. So then the question I got is what type of franchise did you buy? My husband bought uh, the Patch Boys. Ah, the Patch Boys. 
We have yeah. to get Jill in on voice because she has she can make comment on the Patch Boys. So we'll come back to that. Right. Have you has your husband thought about adding a job site image franchise to the Patch Boys? He has not at this point, but I'm sure that's not out of the question. Um, I, I know, you know, through the Patch Boys, <laughs> what Jill's been up to. So we've we've been connected in that way. So it's been nice. Ah, this is killing us, folks. Having audio issues. I hate this. <laughs> you can see, anyone that's watching the live video can see that Jill's going, ah, I'm, I've got somebody I can talk to about job site image. All right, so I got to change my, I have to change my uh, screen. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, uh, it's, we are definitely down and I don't, mm-hmm. oh, there, no, yeah, there it is. We are definitely down the rabbit hole today. Down the rabbit hole. Maybe we're in a, It's okay. Working. We're all a little crazy. The holidays are coming up. School's getting out. Everybody's busy. Yeah, so I, I actually, my franchise referral group, somebody got a hold of me today and said, are we having a meeting today? I said, no, I didn't schedule one um, because <laughs> yeah. it's just too close to the holidays um, and why bother? Uh, yeah. So People are winding down for sure. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was... And I just love troubleshooting things without Ray here so he can actually continue to talk on over and over and over and over again. So um, do you want me to tell you a little bit yes. about the concept of the franchise woman? Please How about that? do. I will do that while you continue to work. Um, so when you start a magazine from scratch, there you go. I will make you smile. Um, you have to sort of identify concepts, right? You can't just throw something together. So um took some time, did some research, tried to decide what I had to say about women in business, um, who I thought the franchise woman should be and represent. Uh, and so through that process, kind of came up with the types of women I wanted to feature. So the magazine has your typical business tools in there. So we talk to an interview and have contributors who are experts in the industry. We have a lawyer, a franchise attorney, who talks about legal things. Um, we, talk, we have people who talk about social media, we have someone do cybersecurity in the coming issue. So we have your typical business tools. However, we also wanted to feature inspiring women. So we um, kind of identified some qualities that we think clearly all women will overlap in these. But the first element of the franchise woman is that she is fun, fierce, and fabulous. So these are women who align their passions with their purposes. They... Um, have jobs that they feel very passionately about and, and a lot of times turn the franchise model. Um, the next group of women are smart, driven, and successful. They have taken something that's an idea and made it into a successful business. Um, and it could be on any scale. It could be an up-and-comer. It could be somebody who's established, um, but women who have that drive. And then the last category is um, women who are engaged in their communities and who pay it forward and give back because we think that those women Women tend to volunteer a lot with their children. They volunteer in their churches and their communities. Um, and a lot of that times, those things will tie into their businesses. So we wanted to feature the part of women that sometimes gets overlooked, the things that they do to mentor. Um, one of the first cover, the cover, first cover story we had was Shannon Wilburn. She gave $7 million in in-kind donations through her business model last year and won an award for that. So we want those kind of women to exemplify who the franchise woman is. And, and all of these women have these qualities across the board, but picking some of them out to, to feature and, and show women that you can 
be successful in business, whatever your gift is, um, is something that we found to be important. So I like that you had fun. Um, yeah, it, it, it should it, be fun. <laughs> so what I found is most uh, franchisees have told me that, and actually a gentleman I was talking to a broker yesterday, that uh, um, most people financially um, is not within their top four reasons they buy a business or they buy a franchise. It's um, they do it because they uh, want work-life balance, uh, something like that. Um, what do you find the women that you talk to, the reason that most of them want to start or buy a franchise? Well, I think some of them kind of fall into it. Um, one woman in the November issue is Brandy Ackerman. She runs Three Smoothie Kings. She's local to me, so she's in the lower Alabama area. Um, she was a workout fanatic, and fitness was her thing. And she took some time off to raise kids and, and got into catering with Smoothie King um, and then realized this was where her passion was. It fit right in with her lifestyle. And so what she was already doing in her life, you know, smoothly fit right into the food Smoothie King franchise model. My son actually worked for her um, summers in high school, and they would go to their Christmas parties at Orange Theory Fitness. That would be their Christmas party, which to me would not be fun. I'm 48 years old. I, I would rather have a glass of wine and sit down. My son, who at the time you know was a high school lacrosse player, thought it was the greatest Christmas party ever. So she, she fit the, her lifestyle into the business that she was doing. So I think that that's where you can find the fun. And a lot of women who um, either end up becoming the franchisor or buy into a franchise are, are finding businesses in areas where they already have enthusiasm and talent. And so it makes it fun. Okay. So, <laughs> A, we just learned that we're getting Jill in. You can hear me? You can hear me? Say hello, Yay! Jill. Definitely have a white Christmas, I think. Yeah. Well, we should. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <cute>. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, my son and my daughter are actually in New York City for a few days hanging out together, and they are having a very white Christmas right now. <laughs> oh, good. They were a little squall yesterday, so. <laughs> So I, I'm at down. a disadvantage. I was running late, and uh, <clears throat> I didn't get. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know who I'm interviewing today. Oh, that's funny. You, would you like me to tell you? I will fill you in. Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> so I'm the publisher of the Franchise Woman magazine, online magazine. Oh, cool. So I was just telling Fred about um, the concept that we have for the, who the franchise woman is and what we feature and. Um, the kinds of women that we're talking to and interviewing to help inspire other women in business. So I think we finally have Jill in acceptably. Jill, say hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yay. Yes. Hi, Jill. Okay, folks, we're all here now. I'm going to take a nap and go off screen. But, or maybe not, that's silly. So, let's, now that we're back in live with everybody, and Fred can quit freaking out now. (sighs) So, I'll tell you something funny. I worked with a younger girl who, she was like 27. And totally one day when she was stressed at work, deadpanned and say, I often carry a flask in my purse. So I'm just suggesting that as an option for you. <laughs> next time next time things are going awry, you can just pull out a flask out of your back pocket. <laughs> I'm in California. The, so the, the, the fridge outside has two types of beer, other stuff. And yet you go outside and people are still doing this. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> Is this is true. You're a little more progressive than we are here in Alabama. <laughs> it's all good. All right. So since we let since we let Ray have the last question, Jill, take it away. Have, have your first question as co-host. Oh, hello. Can you hear me? You can hear me. Yes, we can. Yes. Okay, great. The the sound sounds a little garbled to me, but I'm okay. Um. So, yeah, Elizabeth, who is your target reader? So our target readers are, are we have we have more than a, one. Um, so we want franchisors clearly to advertise in our magazine to attract franchisees. So we're looking to get readership from women who are interested in business, women franchisors who want to sell to franchisees, um, or women who are thinking about uh buying a franchise or going into business for themselves and providing a resource where they can find, you know, we have funding ideas in our first issue. Um, we have business models in the second issue coming out so people can learn about what franchising is all about. And, um, but, but, you know, we don't want to exclude men either. We do want men to be included because it's important that men, especially men who are in franchising, recognize the importance of marketing to women. So we have a column every month called The Token Man, and we invite a man to write a column. And so far, it's been a hit. I have men lined up for the next, like, three or four issues. They all want to be the token man. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Wow. It's good to be a token man. It's your turn, Fred. I'm fine with it. 40% of our listenership is female. We're 10% ahead of the industry. So I don't know. I can't be too insulting. Um, (laughs) I try, but I can't be too insulting. Okay. So 
I'm, since I'm a stickler for protocol, we know what it's like in Alabama. We know what it's like in California. We know what it's like in Naperville. Jill, where are you, and what's the weather like? And then we can get done with pillars of weather. I'm in central Jersey, and it is frigid cold. It's, uh, we have ice all over the trees, right? and uh, just a biting wind. It's, it's kind of nasty. Okay, so now that we've got that one done, um, and oh, by the way, way just so all of our co-hosts get caught up here, um, Elizabeth's husband just recently brought bought a Patch Boys franchise, which mm-hmm. Ray, you That's remember awesome. when we had Patch mm-hmm. Boys on, and and Jill now is the oh my God CEO of Job Site Images. Did I get the title right? Co-founder of that I know. Yes, co-founder, CEO, a little bit of everything. And of, of job site image, and she also corrals doll, do, dogs when um, on video. Um, uh, we're <laughs> hopefully not going to do that today. Okay, so um, Elizabeth, the, the question I'll ask you is, um, why aren't more bi- women getting in business? Uh, well, you know, I think they are. I, I think that number is growing. Um, the rate of women entering business and ownership is growing faster than men. Um, they're they're generating more and more revenue. Um, the rate of women-owned businesses are growing two and a half times faster than the national average, according to the American Express report that came out. Um, so I think they are. I think that if they're not, um, it might be because they don't think they can, or maybe they don't have the the tools or, or knowledge to speak that out. And, and, and one thing in um, January's issue, we have Eric Schechterman who wrote an article about the, uh, the higher success rate of people buying a franchise rather than trying to do a startup on their own. So I think that the more women are aware of that option, um, the less scary it becomes and more and more women will continue to grow in the business. Ray? You're always yeah. saying that. <laughs> um, I, I was just curious. The uh, of the readership of your magazine are the women seeking a franchise are mostly single, married, or some other status. You know, I, I don't have that statistic off the top of my head, but if I had to guess, I would say a lot of them are married. Mm-hmm. Um, the m- more often those that I talk to are. Um, when I interviewed Shannon Wilburn, who is just between friends, the consignment pop-up franchise, she, um, she just wanted some extra money on the side. She wanted to sell the nice clothes that her children had. And, and, and then all of a sudden she grew and grew and grew. And now she's got franchises all over the place. So I think a lot of women might start off thinking that they're just going to have a little money on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns into something they didn't expect. So, but, but I, I don't know that number for sure. That would just be my perspective. Mm-hmm. Jill? Um, yeah, so Elizabeth, what would your advice be to somebody who wants to buy uh, into a franchise who is uh, a mom and juggling, you know, kids and driving and all that kind of stuff? Well, that's, that's a good question because I think it's a question a lot of women ask themselves. And um, we talked a little bit about this, I think, the last time I was on the Pillars. And Kristen Horler, who is a um, baby boot camp franchisor, 
is writing an article for January's issue that talks about work-life balance. And we, we, we touched on sometimes, you know, the, there's always the argument, can women have it all? And I think that they can, and I think you have to look at the timing in your life. Um, five years ago, I would not have started a magazine because my children were all at home and none of them could drive. And I have five. And so my whole life was driven by driving <laughs> other mm. people where they needed to go. Now, yep. my four of my five children can drive and three of them don't live at home anymore. So I think I, analyzing where you are in your life, what kind of capacity you have for starting a new business with a franchise, you've got a lot of support, but there's still a lot of upfront work to be done. So I think number one, analyzing if you're ready. Number two, analyzing if the franchise that you're looking at is conducive to your lifestyle and can fit in where you are. And, and number three, talking to your family and making sure you have that kind of support. Um, I've, I've involved my children in decisions that I've made going forward, um, trying to help them understand what my time constraints might be for my work or for them or whatever. And when you have everybody on board supporting each other, it's a much easier process. So I, I think, sure. you know, knowing yourself, who you are and where you are and what you want, uh, those are the kinds of questions you need to ask yourself before you take such a leap. Great. Well, that's good advice. For... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, yeah, it is. Uh, franchising is a great way for women to have uh, have it all, really, a, a little piece of um, work and be able to fit it into their lives, especially with home-based businesses. It it it, it seems it seems to me what what are you. Oh, okay, Fred. What 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 do you have your eyes covered for? <laughs> uh, nothing. Never mind. Just keep moving. <laughs> the hand in the head is never a good look, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> you want you want me to remind you it's time for a commercial or 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 what? <laughs> no, I would have rather you reminded me to click a certain button earlier, but that's okay, folks. It is okay. what it is. We're here where we are and. Well, the podcast is good. We know that. So go ahead, Ray. Keep talking. Well, this is this is live. And this is real, and that <laughs> I think is is certainly not rehearsed. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one of uh, one of the questions that uh, I'd like to ask is how do you market your magazine, or how do you market differently to women uh, for a franchise than to men? You know, that's an interesting question. I don't know if I've quite thought that one through. However, um, I think you have to reach women where they are. You can reach them in their groups. You know, social media is a great place to market. We have a, a great distribution list for email and that kind of thing. But I also think, uh, it, here's an interesting thing in terms of, of getting interviews and, and getting in touch with people, is picking up the phone and talking to them. Um, people forget they're being interviewed, especially women. You, when you relate to somebody, uh, personally, I've had conversations where we drifted off into kids and goals and what it's like to be a woman in business. And I think making those personal connections is important for women. I think it makes you feel safe talking to someone that you can trust, that, that they know I'm there to help uh, promote them, tell their story in a positive way. You know, this is not the kind of thing that's out to get anybody. <laughs> like <laughs> traditional journalism would be more, uh, you know, black and white and trying to get something out of it. I'm not trying to do anything but help people tell their stories and market their businesses and, and be a connector to them. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that that's something that's important to women. I think it's important to everybody, but I think particularly women to women to reach them where they are, to message them in their inboxes and say, here's who I am. I mean, it takes a little bit more effort, um, but I think those personal connections really matter. And I think that those are the kinds of relationships I want to develop in order to grow the magazine. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, my perspective is that uh, women have a lot more to juggle than men. <laughs> you know, a man might think, okay, I'm, I'm the breadwinner. I got I to gotta go out and make a living. Where I think a woman, is, she's got, she's got the, the whole house, the kids, <laughs> and her husband, and now she wants to fit in something else, like a, a franchise. So is, is that more of a pr- perspective that you've got to deal with? Or am I? No, I, I think traditionally that is the case. Um, particularly when more women were staying home. I think the dynamic um, between couples is changing over time. My husband and I, like I'm the queen of the calendar. When we had five kids at home, I had six Google calendars attached to my calendar. I had to know, you know, to the minute where everybody was and where they needed to be. And that was sort of my purview. But he and I had to coordinate our time and say who could do what, when, and how. And I think that that's a dynamic that is changing probably from around my generation and below um, because more women are working, because more women are business owners. Um, so, so prioritizing who does what and when and communicating, I think becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, with our kids, we, we don't wait on them hand and foot. I think that dynamic is changing too. We, we, they're involved. They're responsible for themselves. They're responsible for telling me who needs what, when, and where they need to be and that kind of thing. So I think that, generationally those goals are, are changing and the dynamic and it has to because more women have to more couples have to have double incomes to support the kids you know? we've got three in college so you know we've all got to participate and contribute so I, I think that and in terms of my parents I think that your perspective was very accurate but I think there is an evolution toward men becoming more involved in the home and women expecting more mm-hmm. from them um, yeah. in order to make it all work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and on <laughs> that note, we are gonna uh, we're gonna thank the Link Local Network for broadcasting our show. Remind people that they can um, log or call in at three two three five eight zero five seven five five and ask questions, or you can chat on the pillarsoffranchising.com website uh, or the Link Local Network website. So. Um, you can become a member of the Community Voices. You can see on screen the most recent couple of posts from our Community Voice program, as well as my head in the setting sun, because I could do that, and it was actually kind of cool. So you got to watch the video to see how cool that looked. Franchise owners, how is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 
805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. And we're back with our co-host Ray Pillar, Jill Abrahamson. I'm going to kill that name today, no matter what. And our special guest, who's put up with a whole lot of crap today, who is, by the way, <laughs> the first one on the call. So kudos to you, Elizabeth. I am always early. <laughs> today, uh-huh. it's, it's, you know, it's, this whole week has been like my friend Spiny Norman says, a pain in the butt. <laughs> now that we're back here, Go ahead, Jill. Take it away. You got the next question, ma'am. Um, well, I want to ask you, I know uh, obviously your husband has the patch voice, but what franchise opportunities have you seen that spark your interest? And like you, oh. you see you do yourself. Well, you know, that's the fun thing about my job is that I get to talk to some really fun, cool women. Um, I'm totally fascinated by, by Princess San Diego. She's from the Philippines, and she's got a Flan franchise. I mean, what could be more fun than Flan, right? I mean, she, she yeah. has 70 different flavors of Flan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of cool. And Kristen Horler's baby boot camp. I mean, that's something that she started. She was trying to lose the baby weight. She was trying to find something exciting. She invited her friends, you know, to do workouts and strollers, and um, they kind of just happened for her in, in a way that fit into her lifestyle. So I, I think those are all kind of cool. Challenge Island, she's going to be our cover story this month. Um, Sharon Estroff, she, she has an edu- she was a teacher. She moved into this educational um, program and, and, and franchised it. So she, she has all kinds of creative ways of learning for kids. So, you know, to me, it's fun to look at anything that is driven by someone's passion. Um, as a writer, I, I love what I do. I love telling all of these people's stories. And I, you know, every time I talk to someone who's enthusiastic about what they do, I think, oh, I could do that. That would be really fun. <laughs> I don't actually want to do that. But I like what I'm doing. I like, I'm, I'm driven by the story. But meeting those kinds of people with those levels of enthusiasm for what they do, everybody I've talked to is so excited. And you, you talk to them and you think you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And who doesn't want that out of their career? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, do you um, do you feel like there's, um, you know, if you if you what would be your advice if you wanted to start a franchise? Do you think somebody has to be passionate about it? Oh, I know that smile. Oh, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I I think that's one of the biggest keys is passion. I think, especially from the franchisor's perspective, if you don't have that. And, it, and your passion is not contagious, you're going to have a hard time getting people to buy into your concept and what you're doing. You're making me laugh in your face. <laughs> Absolutely. But, yes, but I, I mean, as a, I think, uh... <laughs> everybody's driven by that. If you hate what you're doing, eventually you're not going to do it anymore. You know, my husband had a corporate job. He was miserable. The people that he, were working, he was working with were not people you would want to work with. Um, so he's so excited and he gets up happy to go to work every day and he loves what he's doing and he loves the connections and the relationships that he builds when he, when he does estimates and meets with customers. And he, he likes having his employees feel satisfied. You know, he's got guys who love doing drywall, you know, that's their thing. So to me, that's one of the biggest keys of, of life to, 
anybody who hates their job is is either not going to do it well or not going to last very long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's right. 80% of corporate America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the definition of hell is going to, to work on a job you hate. Oh, it really is. <laughs> and we've all had them, and, and we all yeah. can't wait to get rid of them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I want to thank you. The M word got passed earlier without me playing it. So that's kind of a double, never mind. Go ahead, Ray. <laughs> okay. So you, you, you talked to a lot of women, busy women who mm-hmm. are, you know, want to add another uh, something to their plate. <clears throat> what franchises are they seeking that will fit into their schedule? That sounds like something Jill should have asked. <laughs> Never mind. Well, I, you know, I think that you know, it, depending on your lifestyle, like the um, just between friends, the pop-up consignment—they do two big shows a year. They can work it into their schedules. They're they're dealing with women that they see every day. Um, the consigners are probably mostly women that they know. Um, so that's something that's very conducive to a work-life balance. Being able to do it from home as a home-based business. I think a lot of women, um, and, and I think it too depends on the ages of your children, but if you have younger children, home-based businesses are very appealing to women mm-hmm. um, because you can work your schedule around your family. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a big up-and-coming trend. I think it's been a trend for a while. Um, but I think, and you know, like the, the baby boot camp, you know, she, she can do that wherever she is. You know, the idea was she could take her kids with her to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those kinds of things are ideal for women with children of those ages. I think as you as you get older and your kids get older, you, it's a little easier to have something that's away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I think I think that's one home based business is probably the top one for for women with younger children, especially. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Jill. <laughs> so what's next for the franchise woman? Uh, what are we going to see in 2020? Well, um, we're we're doing our second issue in January. We're bi-monthly at this point. Um, as soon as we get our legs under us, I'd like I'd like to go to monthly. Um, you know, we we've got some columns coming up that we didn't have in the first issue that we are going to have in the second issue. I've got a woman who runs a tax accounting business, so I'm going to have somebody doing uh, tax columns. Um, I've also been talking to the International Franchise Association a lot about um, doing some stories about policy. They're working in California. Um, where everybody's trying to be deemed an employee. <laughs> so they've, they've talked about doing some lobbying for that. Um, they've also started a pride council through the IFA, which, which was yes. a big hit when they had the reception. So we're going to do a column um, featuring some people from that community just to, to let everybody know what's going on and what initiatives they're working on for more inclusion of the community. Um, so we're, we're trying to make sure that we cover the gamut of thing. I want to, you know, it's important to me to have a diverse, group of women represented in our magazine um, because I want everyone to think they can have a piece of the pie. So just more and more content like that. We've got some good old um, established people whose names are very familiar, but we also have some people who are, who are coming up with new ideas and, and making sure that we cover and give everybody a voice. So it's great. We've, we've had many people on this show, including the franchise King. Um, at, so you met, you're in that nice, nice long line of franchise something or other. But <laughs> why the franchise woman? Now, 
why not the businesswoman? And, and why just focus on women in franchising? Says the man well, who started the right. Well, franchise. for one thing, I kind of fell into it with my husband, um, okay. and and learning about franchising. But also, there are business magazines for business women. There there are more broad magazines for women. Franchising didn't seem to have a, a publication focused on just women. And I think because it is accessible, um, because it's a model that women can be successful at, because it's something that you can fit into your family life and it's not, it's not a corporate job. Um, you know, so many women have taken time off to raise kids and feel like they've lost their upward mobility because now they're being judged for that time off. Um, the skills that you have as a stay-at-home mom, I, I, I wrote a resume for a lady one time who was a friend of mine who had not worked since she was 20. But she had raised tens of thousands of dollars for her children's schools. She had been in charge of committee after committee. She had all of these leadership skills. And I made her resume look like she had kicked butt for 20 years. Mm. Um, but those skills don't always, they're not valued by the corporate world. And I think in franchising, as long as you come in and you do it, you're good. You have so much more control of your fate. So that kind of a story is appealing to me. The effort you put in matters. You're not being judged necessarily by a corporate boss. Um, so I think the upward mobility, the flexibility, how much you put into it, you, you know, you're going to get that much out of it. And you're not penalized for some of your life decisions that are not negative, but are viewed that way. So I think there's a special place for franchising and women um, to talk about those things and to let them know that the opportunities are out there. I got to agree. Ray? In your magazine, I assume you have some sort of a question and answer uh, section. What are some of the more difficult questions that people, uh, women uh, ask your uh, editors? Well, actually, we, we, we have not had a question and answer se section yet, only because we've only had one issue launched. So we kind of had to let people know we were out there. Oh, sure. sure. <laughs> That's something that will come along as we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we, we had to develop a presence. We've had to develop a social media presence. We, you know, we just sort of came out of nowhere. So making sure people know who we are and starting to get traction. And we are. We're getting traction on social media. We've printed on some LinkedIn franchising hashtags and that kind of thing. So that's something that we're going to look more toward once people really know we're out there. Yeah, I think I think that'd be excellent because there'd be it'd be woman to woman asking some difficult questions that uh, you know they can't get answered anywhere. I think that'd be an excellent. Right, question. and I think eventually you know down the road having a forum or having a, a podcast or having mm -hmm. uh, panels where women can talk about these things to each other and ask questions. Um, I think it's important, and I think more and more that's happening some of these conventions and things, but I think um, that's something definitely the franchise woman could, could fill in it for. Jill. Yeah. What is the next one? Um, what do you think is the most surprising thing to you being new to franchise, somewhat new to franchising? What surprised you most about franchising? Um, well, I think the accessibility was was surprising. I I didn't quite realize what an option, what a great option it was, especially for women. But but in terms of people, um, it's been a really welcoming experience because I am relatively new, and people didn't really know who I was. And I was calling up people who'd never heard of me before, saying, "Hey, guess what? I'm a writer. I'm going to do a magazine, and I want to put you on my cover, or I want to put you in my magazine." And nobody said no. I have had zero people say no to me. So the fact that it was, it was clearly a need that, that 
should be filled. Uh, every woman I've talked to has been very excited to have this space to, to fill their voices with. So I think that it, it's surprising. It was just, and franchising people get marketing. That's one thing that I think I didn't understand. I've worked in agency life. I've done freelance commercial writing. I've done marketing for people. And so many people don't understand the value of marketing. And most of the women that I've talked to who are either contributors or in, in the franchise business themselves seem to really get it. And it's fun to work with people who understand the importance of having their story told in a magazine or having their byline as a contributor in a magazine to, to give them credibility and give them the exposure you know, that they might not otherwise have. So that kind of thing, it's, it's just been such a fun reception. Wow. People don't understand marketing. <laughs> I, I know it's hard to believe, Fred. <laughs> That's what we call being part in the weeds. Yeah, <laughs> so much. Yeah, oh, sorry, it's not Tuesday, folks. No, wait, 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 you're throwing me off. I missed the day. It's Thursday. <laughs> this is Pillars of Franchising. And that's my <laughs> granddaughter. Thursday. Exactly. And that's my granddaughter who I'm going to go see in Chicago next week. And spoiler to death. Yeah, well, not just <laughs> spoiler. So, people don't understand marketing. Whoa. Um, all right. So, on that vein, this is a discussion, a marketing discussion I've had. Uh, several times since I was in Vegas last week um, about a one of the newer marketing or social media platforms. And I just want to get everyone's, except for Ray's, because he's going to say, what the bleep is that? Um, but I want to get everyone's opinions on TikTok. Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> now, now uh, my partner Michelle said when first explaining it, when you do it, you got to be prepared to lose a few IQ points. And yeah, I kind of <laughs> believe that. Um, but Elizabeth, you first and then Jill can jump in on your thoughts on TikTok. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you that I have not ever used TikTok. However, I have kids who have. Um, so I have, and here's something really interesting. You know, new platforms are typically introduced to younger generations, I think. Like Instagram, all my kids were on it. The only reason I got on it was because younger people started doing it. And I needed to market to them. Um, so I started doing Instagram. You know, I'm of the Facebook generation and Twitter. Um, and TikTok, my 13-year-old knows how to use. But the people and the businesses who latch on to these up-and-coming platforms are the ones who really sell themselves on it. For example, my daughter is about to go work for the Washington Post when she graduates college in May. And, the, and she interned for them last summer. They've got an amazing TikTok. They have a guy who's solely devoted to TikTok, and they do some hilarious things. Wow. She, they were showing me all these things that this guy did. I mean, that's not his only job, but he, he's the dedicated person for TikTok. So I, I find it interesting that a, that a group like that is embracing this useful technology because they know those are the kids that are going to come up and, and need to be sold to. So, you know, I, I think it's kind of silly, you know, <laughs> I don't totally get it, but I do understand that as younger people latch on to things, you might as well get in while they're getting in because it's going to become big like Instagram. You know, now businesses are all over Instagram. 
Yeah, you'd think, but that's okay. <laughs> Jill, your thoughts on TikTok? Um, I, you know, just like Elizabeth, I have kids who are on it, and I have not used it personally, but I've watched my daughter create videos, and she's very proficient at it. It's amazing what she can do. <laughs> she plans out a whole thing, and it, it comes out beautiful. Like, uh, she's had years of uh, editing courses or something. She really knows how to how to how to work it. Um, but I think you know the the people who are on it will be the customers of the um, you know in the next few years. So you got to get on those platforms. That's what that's what Gary V says. Right? The business is. Uh... <laughs> so I, I have nothing against Gary Gary V. Please do not any of our listeners or watchers do please do not describe to me that I dislike Gary V. Um, I, I've heard much about him recently, and, and with respect to TikTok, when two national news stories in the last three weeks have been about people in TikTok, it kind of makes you go, hmm. Yeah. And yeah. with that. Well, and that's the thing. I've, I've talked to people, older people in marketing, and they don't have a Facebook page or they don't have a website. And I'm like, the thing is, if everybody else is doing it and you're not, you're missing out on that demographic. You're missing out, you know, so you got to do it. Which is why they dragged me into Facebook years ago, kicking and it screaming. <laughs> I was legendarily only Twitter and LinkedIn, and yet I still got dragged in kicking. <laughs> Never mind there, folks. So we're going to take a station or a commercial break. I uh, want to remind everyone they can dial in at 323-580-5755 or chat on the website or in any of the social media streams because we can actually watch that now. And now a word from... Nick, ever wonder how successful business people get educated about franchise business options? The Franchise Consulting Company is a group of over 100 franchise professionals with more than 2,000 years of franchise experience. We help our clients select and investigate franchise companies. And like a realtor, our services are free of charge to you. Our fees are paid by the seller. Reach out to us to learn more and get a free copy of the Franchise MBA, the number one bestseller and highest-reviewed book on Amazon in the franchise category. Our website is thefranchiseconsultingcompany.com, or feel free to call us on 800-321-6072. Are you thinking about opening a business? Whether you're in transition from a corporate job, looking to generate investment income, add to your existing business, or just too young to retire, come to the Great American Franchise Expo and explore your options. Meet face-to-face with dozens of franchise executives representing dozens of quality brands. A wide range of price points and ownership models are available. Attend our free seminars on accounting, real estate, and marketing. Franchise law experts will be there to answer your questions, and banks are on hand to discuss loans and financing. The first 100 attendees will receive free VR goggles. For free tickets, visit www.franexpousa.com. The Great American Franchise Expo, coming to a city near you in 2019. Check our website for schedules. And as those of you who are watching on uh, video can see, the next one is February 15th and 16th in 2020 in Dallas at the Irving Convention Center. And uh, 
uh, in Houston, February 26th and 23rd, 2020, at the Stafford Center. And we're back, and I just want to point out here, this is my copy of the Franchise NBA. You can fill out the form on the Pillars of Franchising website and get this copy, not my copy, but Nick will send you a copy of the Franchise NBA. And as of last week, as Ray will remember, he's promised a VR headset. Pretty cool, isn't it? Makes you want to salute. So... Moving right along here. So now we're going to ask, uh, we have somebody who's gone through the uh, buying a franchise process. Um, did you read the franchise disclosure doc? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> did your husband read the franchise I disclosure I don't know if my doc? husband read the whole thing or not. I did not read the franchise disclosure doc. <laughs> Nobody blames you for that, believe me. <laughs> I appreciate that, yeah. I, I've seen it on the bookshelf. It's not something I am... am driven to read <laughs> the franchise disclosure doc the greatest cure to insomnia known to mankind yeah that's actually a good idea <laughs> Jill, we've asked you this before what are the top three things a franchisee should or potential franchisee should read in the fdd before deciding to read further are you asking me <laughs> yes because you're the only franchisor here um, well, you know, there's the item 19, if that applies. Item 19, that's the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think more than just stuff in the franchise disclosure do- document, they, they really need to know if this is something for them, you know, if it fills their passion, if it, they can see themselves working the business if their skill set matches what's required to, um, you know, to run the business. I think those are, those are more important than, you know, what's in the FDD. I think they really need to um, see if it's going to work for them as far as their lifestyle and, and finances go. I'm down with that. Ray, you got a question? I do. Um, where do you see the magazine, Elizabeth? Where do you see the magazine uh, in one at the end of the year and maybe three years and five years? Well, I think by the end of the year, I want to be a monthly publication. Um, clearly, we had to get an issue started so that we had a product. So we're focused on you know, getting some marketing and advertising sales and helping people understand how we can help them market. We have to prove ourselves that we are going to produce good content, that we're going to reach a lot of people. And I think... The reception has been so good. I'm not worried about that. Um, you know, I've been talking to people. They're like, you're going to have to go monthly before the first year is up. Um, and I hope that's true. Uh, so I would like to continue to, as, as a newer person in the industry, learn. Um, I have a lot of great resources to do that with. Um, I want to start going to some events so that I can meet these people face-to-face. I'm going to meet some people at the Patch Boys Conference that Nancy Friedman's going to be there that's done some writing for the magazine. Um, I'll actually get to meet Jill. <laughs> um, and I'll meet, I met uh, Leo, who's the you know, franchisor for the Patch Boys, but we'll get to see him again. So building those, those relationships in person is important. But beyond that, um, I think I'd like to reach out to other forms of media in terms of podcasting or video casting. I'd like to have panels with women. Um, there's some other women who are, who are doing similar things. 
to me that I'd like to collaborate with. Um, so I've, I've been talking to a lot of different people and what that looks like specifically, I'm not quite sure yet. I think it's going to be an evolution, but I think doing some speaking um, about women in franchising and then helping these women tell their stories and, and find better, more and better opportunities. Uh, I, I think those are the sorts of things I see going down the road. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Good. Jill, you got um, a question? Let's see. <laughs> uh, I don't, I can't think of one right now, Elizabeth. Um, what is, um, what sets, what sets the franchise woman apart? <laughs> well, I, I think to me, because, you know, this was my, um, concept, but I think the concept of it sets it apart. I think, I don't think a lot of business magazines feature fun, fabulous women. So I think recognizing that, that there, there should be fun, there should be passion, there should be fierceness fierce is a word I like to use a lot because some of these women are just fiercely passionate they're fiercely smart they're fiercely driven I think I I, I like the word because it's it's not a negative any you know the, the way people are using it in the vernacular these days um so I think having defined the elements that I think are important to feature in women that went that all women possess to one degree or another but to be able to pick those things out and say look at look at this business model that requires charitable contributions as a part of its business model. That's kind of cool. That's a unique feature that a lot of businesses don't have in Shannon Wilburn. That was, I found her so fascinating that that became a part of her business model. So I, I think that the fact that I'm excited to talk to these women and want to tell their stories. And then the fact that these women have great stories to tell and, and we do allow for some fun, um, but also want to take it seriously and, and offer useful, helpful advice and tools and contributions from writers. Um, to me, that's, that's the element that a lot of business magazines don't have. That's awesome. I love that. There may not be a lot of business magazines that feature fierce, fun women, but I know one <laughs> podcast video cast does. <laughs> that's right. You need to start putting that in your tagline, fun, fierce women. <laughs> 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 okay, so there's a revamp of the site coming up because we keep expanding our co-hosts. So I think we'll put fierce, fun, female. I need a better word for co-host that right, begins with F. But We need um, an F word. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to put it that way because I know everyone's brain went, but that's okay. All right, so we're going to take it down the rabbit hole. And for those of our viewers on the screen, you can see the, that if you fill out the pillar form on the Pillars of Franchising site, you can actually submit or you can submit down the rabbit hole questions. So, ah, where should we go today? Do we want to do AI or should we go zombie apocalypse? Ah, let's do zombie. We haven't done zombie in a while. You know. Ah, I know. <laughs> so, what franchise? What franchise will be most important in saving the world from the zombie apocalypse or ending the zombie apocalypse <laughs> once it starts? Yeah. I think it's got to be the Patch Boys because they can patch all the holes and keep them out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was the easy one. <laughs> you just tossed that softball right at me. <laughs> Uh, 
so we're going to give Ray his last question, but before we do, we're going to give Jill her last question. Okay. Putting her on the spot here, there. She's hoping for the dogs <laughs> to come running right now. <laughs> so, so what would you say to um, somebody buying a franchise? Like, what would your number one advice be? Somebody buying into a franchise. Well, I, you know, business-wise, I think doing your due diligence is, is clearly very important. Knowing what you're getting into, knowing what you, is expected of you, um, both financially and and in performance. But I think that, you know, as we've been talking about the whole time, if, if you can see yourself getting up and doing this for the next 20 years and not hating it or being bored with it or resenting it, or, you know, eventually thinking it's just misery, then that's a good sign. You know, if you, if you get up every day and you think about the possibilities of it, uh, you know, so making sure that your passion and your purpose are aligned, I think is one of the, the biggest things to success. That's great. Sounds like you uh, enjoy what you do every day. I do. It's it's a very fun. I, I get excited to talk to every person I talk to every day. So. All right, Ray. Before before we go to the last question, we'll go to the Addison question. That mm-hmm. little lady is why I live these days. That's why I'm going to work <laughs> for the next twenty years. That's why. We're in this path to become this global crush, competition crushing marketing firm so I can turn it over her and she can run rampant. So in order for my granddaughter to be able to run rampant in about 20 years, what advice would you give her on being how to be successful? <laughs> okay. I think the last time I was on, I said, you know, be so confident in yourself that nothing disturbs your peace of mind. Um, I think that's always good advice, but also – I have a blog um, called the gift of the struggle and I write about embracing your reality um, because I think a lot of times people fight the negative. And I think if you embrace the good and the bad, knowing that there's something to be learned from that and something to be gained from that and not fight so hard against it, but sit in it and feel it and and know that you have a gift to give the next person who might be going through something um, that that's all a part of life, embracing the wholeness, of your life um, and understanding that even in the low point, it's going to give you something to get to that high point or give you something to help someone else who's going through it. I think it's really easy to embrace the good stuff, but I think if you learn to embrace the bad things that happen to you, looking for the next lesson from it, um, it gets you to a place of peace quicker. So that, that would be my philosophical advice. (laughs) So you're saying embrace the suck. Yes. It's so hard, and I don't always take that advice, but I, I think it works when you can do it. But you got to learn something from it, though. Well, that's the thing. You embrace it so that you can learn from it and then pass it forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yes, it's your time. <laughs> we talked about this wonderful magazine, and I, I, I can imagine a lot of people are interested in it. How do they subscribe, or how do they uh, submit? you know, a question or if they want to, or, or, you know, how do they get a hold of you? The, the quickest way is to go to the franchisewoman.com and go to our contact page. Um, and you can ask any question there. Uh, we have a subscription box so you can just enter your email in and it's in the footer of the page. Um, so through those two methods, it'll come straight to me. Uh, and I am very quick responder. So if you have any great ideas for stories, we'd love to hear those. If you want to 
market with us so that we can help tell your story. We'd love to hear from you. And, and certainly everyone should subscribe. And this information will be available on the Pillars of Franchising webpage. Is that correct, Fred? Yeah, you always say that, and I always do, and no one's complained it's not there yet, but I don't think anyone's looked. So, yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yes, it will be there. <laughs> <laughs> it will be, eventually. It will be eventually, yeah. I, I got to beat the guy who's not getting this stuff done. <laughs> Sorry. So, folks, I want to thank our guest, Elizabeth Denham, and our special, special female co-host, Jill Abrahamson. I'm still screwing that up, aren't I? Uh, no. What do you say? No, I, you gotta write that. I, I change it all the time. <laughs> sometimes we okay, say good. it one way and sometimes another. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> and, of course, my co-host, co-founding co-host Ray Pillar I want to wish everybody Merry Christmas Happy New Year and on January 1st if you're in the central coast of California come out and meet me on Avila Beach because I will be there the last time I wasn't there on on January 1st I had a heart attack that year so never again do I miss (laughs) (laughs) and this is Pillars, 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 pillars